Hello and welcome to Is Mania's a podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with our own queen jellyfish, Josh Hemo. Thank you. Feel like a queen this week. Good. You should feel like a queen every week, Josh. That's some positivity there. Thank you. Woo! Uh, manifesting the life we want, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that royalty life. All right. For all the rest of you queens out there. <laughs> Um, welcome to our podcast where we talk about Spongebob and it is now our privilege to give you all this week's Spongebob wisdom that Josh and I have taken from this episode. So this week we check out season two, episode 10, No Free Rides, and I'm your biggest fanatic. Act one, No Free Rides. So in this act, Spongebob has failed another voting exam, except this time he hits our very own French narrator. And Mrs. Puff is at her wit's end. She basically has a breakdown just thinking about SpongeBob spending another year at her boating school and decides to use her teacher's ace in the hole, extra credit. And after basically giving him extra credit for basically doing nothing, Mrs. Puff is finally free of SpongeBob. And eventually the guilt just eats at her and eats at her until she decides to steal SpongeBob's brand new car and all these other shenanigans happen. So my question for you, Josh, starting out, is do you think extra credit should be allowed in general? I don't know. I think I've known a lot of people who have used extra credit to pass classes, especially in college. That's like the big thing. Like you get a D, mm-hmm. you're coming up to the end of the semester, you have a D in the class, you go to the teacher, and somehow they pull out a B like out of the blue because of this extra credit project. But I think it's just, like, I think it's what exactly she said. It's like a teacher's ace out of the hole. You don't want to have the kid retake the class, so. Have you ever utilized extra credit to achieve your means? I haven't, personally, no. Well, you're just a little goody little two-shoes then, huh? I just did my work when it was due. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way to do it. Did you, in college? I don't, I don't know. I don't really think... I really did much extra. I used to do like extra credit stuff when they were like, oh, and for extra credit, you can do this. So like you're already doing the assignment and then you get extra credit for like adding on to it. Uh, So that way you can fuck up later. Yeah. (laughs) And you have like the little extra credit cushion. Other than that, I I don't think I really utilized it too much to like get where I needed. But I also like, it's a weird double-edged sword because like, do you want to pass a kid who... I don't know. It comes back to like testing. I think it depends right? on like for college, the class. If it's a probably like a two, 300 level class or below, probably mm-hmm. like I can see giving extra credit because like you're going to get a bunch. You get how many kids in that class? Probably like upwards of 40 plus. Like you don't yeah. want to have any of them retake. It's not, it's pointless, right? Yeah. But like 500, 400 level classes and above, some 300 level classes, I would argue that there is no point in giving extra credit the person should retake the class because those are like advanced topics right Mm -hmm. there's a difference between what mrs puff did and like what a teacher like no one who's like oh i got a i barely passed my you know creative cultures class or whatever (laughs) some weird gen ed is you know they're not going to destroy the earth with that with that grade right with that power uh, but if someone's like, hey, here's a safety regulation, like driving a boat or driving a car or driving any other vehicle that could kill other people. Yeah. 
You know, Mrs. Puff's playing with fire there. Some and negligence. The, that guilt got to her in the end, you know? Yeah. Because he had, I don't know, he had a negative number as his points, and then he went backwards and somehow still got six points at the 600 end. 600-point test. Even though he, he did that. backed up and hit every cone. I, don't get I it. think it's also safe to assume that he ran over the narrator on the way back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, okay, bringing up the narrator. She said struck another pedestrian, so he hit more than one during that boating test. It wasn't just the narrator. Yeah, but we don't we don't care about those others. No, no. Because the reason I want to bring up the narrator is this entire time I've kind of pictured the narrator as this omniscient overseeing like kind of being where they can just like they're observing, but they're observing from far away. And now basically he's just like a diver with a French accent. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean for every event that we've seen? Is he, is he just lurking in the background somewhere? Just you floating know? above. Maybe it's like Finding Nemo when those divers actually catch Nemo. They're just like hanging out, watching like anemone, just like watching mm-hmm. things happen. So maybe that's all it is. It's just a human diver watching this small ecosystem. Yeah, and think about all the times where, well, I guess we, we as humans do do that. We just watch animals and they like kill each other and you just let them be. Yeah. You know, you don't interfere. It's a documentarian like a mentality where it's like you don't interfere. Yeah. You're just with observing. Your yeah. So maybe it's all for science. It's very. It's, They're seeing how the radiation is affecting these fish in Bikini Bottom. <laughs> exactly. I guess it's kind of eye-opening on how possibly you can watch the rest of the season. Like, where does the French narrator fit into this? Because mm. you think of the episodes where he's not narrating. Like he's still there, technically. Still watching, always watching. Always watching, <laughs> like Big Brother. Oh. Ooh. Do you think that SpongeBob pays for boating school? Because it's been a couple of years, and he even says that it's just going to be one more year when he fails originally. Like most boating schools, if you're not if you're not going through like a high school or like a driving class, I guess mm-hmm. you have to pay for, right? So I mean, we've seen that SpongeBob has random amounts of money, and it seems like his parents are pretty loaded because they did buy him a whole boat. They that's true, which somehow they fit in Mrs. Puff's house. I didn't understand that either, how they got that in there. Or how they broke into her house to begin with. But I guess no one locks their door in Bikini Bottom, is what yeah, we've maybe learned. Maybe they took it apart. Maybe they took it apart and built, <laughs> it, built it in there. Maybe. Or maybe it's like a fancy car that like folds up. Yeah, like all. the... What is what is uh, the Mermaid Maiden and Barnacle Boy's car called? Oh, their, their invisible boat mobile? Yeah, it folds up. So maybe it's a feature. Yeah, so maybe it's a feature of a lot of boat mobiles. What I do like is when Mrs. Puff enters her house. If you look in the background, there's a picture of her entering her house. (laughs) So she has has like a very meta picture of her entering her house as she's entering her house. I do a little frame within a frame. I do like when she's walking home. I think Mrs. Puff in general is kind of relatable. I mean, not like the whole negligence part, but kind of like the anxiety and the breakdowns and everything she has. I'm like, wow, I kind of gone through that sometimes with work and stuff. (laughs) And with her walking home when she's like, man, and I'm going to eat some of that pasta. Like just being excited to have these leftovers in your fridge. I'm like, wow, Mrs. Puff, you're a pretty relatable character. If you didn't like cause destruction all the time. You know, we were talking about those possible spinoffs. I think a Mrs. Puff spinoff would be really good because she does have that whole line, which I quote quite, regularly where she's like gonna move to a new city start a new boating school with a new name and then she goes no not again right so what kind of past and she's always alluded to this like dark past where she's like 
been in jail before. I mean, she's been in jail a lot, so. Yeah. Yeah. We still don't know what happened to Mr. Puff. Well, kind of we do, but is that the real story? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean that she didn't help facilitate that that kind of uh, horrible, horrible death. What do you think the kill count is in this episode, in that fantasy of hers? Oh God! I didn't even try to count. It's no, too it was many. crowds. Crowds. It's like of a people. Game of Thrones episode yeah. <laughs> of that thing. It's just, it was nuts. I just, I don't know how. I mean, her mind's going to like the worst possible outcome, but I just don't know how she can be like, oh, here you go, here's extra credit. It must be pure torture. It must be. I can't SpongeBob. imagine. <laughs> she probably has the patience of so many saints because she did so well in the beginning. Like she never like really escalated the situation any further than she had to. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like a lot of progress between when we last saw her teaching SpongeBob and to uh, now this time. Yeah. Yeah. I do like when his parents put him to bed, they're like, Oh, you can't drive the boat. And he just floats straight to the boat. Like not even weird movements. It's just straight up, like in a seated position flies over to the boat. And then, like, has this cute little moment with the boat. He puts his little socks on it. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of, like, when your, like, parents tell you not to, like, play with the presents before Christmas or whatever. And you <laughs> yeah. still go downstairs and shake all the boxes or, like, try to hear what's inside or whatever. That was pretty funny. He's just, like, again, like, that childlikeness of um, SpongeBob is everywhere. I wonder, Omar, do you remember your first car? Do I remember my first car? Yes, yeah. I do. What was it? My first car still exists wow. in this physical plane. Uh, it is a technically, well, actually, it doesn't exist in my family anymore. They got rid of it. But it was a blue Chevy Silverado. And it was my car because my parents had bought like this uh, Eclipse, and they told me, oh, uh, which is like a little sports car. And they're like, oh, you can have this when you go to high school, but I never learned to drive stick. So they were just like, no, you can just drive the truck. And so I would always just drive the truck around until I eventually learned how to drive stick. And then I drove, drove this little black car. What about you? Uh, I think I just took over the families. Uh, we had a GMC Jimmy when I finally mm-hmm. got my license. Well, is that the same one you it's jacked up? the same one, yeah. Yeah, but I had that for a long time. I think it wasn't until I bought my first car that I stopped using that car. Is that the one that Tima threw up in? Yeah. Yep. Good times. Good times. That's yeah. a story for a different for a different day on the different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about SpongeBob's dad doing that really prolonged hand kiss. Do you think he has a thing for Mrs. Puff? Oh, I think so. I think he was trying to low key invite her to like a three way or something with uh Mrs. SpongeBob. <laughs> Mrs. SpongeBob. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think he was that forward, or do you think it was just like, I'm gonna get a kiss in while I can? I don't know. I don't know. That was pretty forward. You think there was this? You, do you think there's a swinger lifestyle? I I wouldn't put it past them if they're like big fancy rich people, like we think that they are. Like, might I probably wouldn't put it past them to have like these bougie lifestyles with like four sums and stuff. I guess so. I mean, when you're that bored, you got to figure something out. Might as well. <laughs> One little fun fact. So I used to work at a news station, as some of you may know. And one time I did not go into work because I think I had class or something. I don't remember. But I wasn't at work that day. And 
the voice actor for SpongeBob's mom actually was one of the guests for that day. Her name is, I think, Serena Irwin. She also played like a, I think she was a tour, on tour for like an I Love Lucy. I forgot like Broadway show. I don't know if it was a musical or a play, but all my friends sent me pictures with her and they were like, you miss SpongeBob's mom and you're always quoting SpongeBob. And it was a very sad day for me, but they did get like a piece of paper signed for me that said something like, uh, Hey Omar, you completely miss me. I bet you regret it. SpongeBob's <laughs> mom, <laughs> Or something like wow. that. I have it. I have it sitting around somewhere. I got to find it, but, uh, well, that's nice of them, at least. It was, a, it was a, like a bittersweet day <laughs> for me because I was like, I didn't get to meet SpongeBob's mom's voice actor. Man. It was kind of crazy. The regret you'll live with for the rest of your life. Just like Mrs. Yeah. Puff. Exactly. It'll drive Maybe you crazy. It's just uh, karma for, I guess, all the times I didn't go to work. Did you see that you and Mrs. Puff share a passion? Oh, what passion is that, Josh? The balloon animal talent have you shared as, that with others as soon as uh as soon as she did it i was like mrs puff's just like me because if i had an <laughs> ability i was like if someone gave me like balloon animal stuff i'd be like oh do i still got it and then i would try to doing it but yeah i never got really good at balloon animals but i can definitely do like a pretty decent poodle every now and then you know? <laughs> so yeah hire me for your birthday parties your family reunions uh, funerals too i do those all black balloons if you need like some erotic balloon animals you did tie a like balloon uh vagina not too long ago that was accidental i was trying to make a like a character but i didn't have the right balloons kind of just looking like a vagina freudian but slip i, I committed it <laughs> i committed to it so when mrs puff uh steals that car one i'm surprised how easily she does it I guess the blue animal, maybe it's like a secret secret trick. <laughs> um, but I do like what SpongeBob has to endure to get back into the car. It's like giant clams, cheese graters, and then even worse, educational television. <laughs> what do you think is the worst one out of those? I guess it depends on what kind of educational television. Yeah. But when the cheese graters go through, he's pretty jacked up. But he still so like he still survives. Yeah, I'll give it to him. But he is like immortal. Whereas, like as a human being, I don't think I think I would prefer the educational television because that is the least amount of physical harm to my <laughs> my flesh sack. You know. Yeah. Also, I really like the the call letters that SpongeBob says for his radio station. It's K R U D. So the call, the radio station's crud. <laughs> it sounds like a real like rock radio station. Yeah, I wonder. Listen to K R U D crud. <laughs> when you start your own radio station. That's what you can name it. We can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's quit this lucrative podcasting biz. And go into radio instead. And we'll go to the wonderful world of radio. <laughs> and uh, it'll only be grunge rock. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Yeah. Court of the market there. Um, a lesson I got for this uh, little one was uh, learn how to use pepper spray properly. Oh, I also wrote that down. Yeah. Because SpongeBob sprays himself in the eye, and I've heard, I think I've heard a couple stories of people doing that where they just like try to pull out their pepper spray and they freak out and end up spraying themselves. Like nothing can be worse than incapacitating yourself when trying to like run away from someone. Like, and then uh, I have another couple small lessons. Don't steal cars. Sometimes it is not worth the risk. Like, 
attacking someone stealing your stuff because valuables could be like you know replaced you know you can always get those things back uh insurance is there for a reason but you can't replace yourself you know very solid and also don't don't take things you don't deserve because i do think spongebob had a little bit of guilt because when he after he hit his head he's like what i learned in boating school was and then like no i think he knew i think deep down he knew he wasn't ready Mm -hmm. um but I have one small question before we, we finish with this act. Do you think, what lengths would you go like to protect something that you owned? It's a good question. It depends on what the object is. Because I feel like most things are replaceable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely some stuff, like if it was my wallet, um, there's some stuff in my wallet, like personal stuff that I keep in there that I like, I'd have to chase. I'd probably chase someone after, run after them. Your business cards, right? You don't want people exactly giving them out, taking them from you. Yeah, or like my laptop. There's just like a lot of stuff on my laptop that, like work and stuff that I don't want to lose. So yeah, but there, but most everything else, like if it was my phone, I could probably easy because there's backups and stuff. I can easily replace that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always told myself on a for some reason I always feel like if something did get stolen, it would be while I'm on like on a film set. Yeah. And I'm like, if someone even tries, I'm just going to take a C-stand arm and just whack them on the head with it. It is like the perfect defense weapon. As long as that other person does not have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, all I got to do is like throw it. Like, have you seen those like throwing hatchets that they have at like those Bar- bars, bars now? And stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. You just can chuck that thing. So don't steal from me on a film set. <laughs> and I always tell myself that if I caught someone stealing, I could, if I wanted it bad enough, I'd at least go run and drop kick them. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, don't put yourself in danger for a physical object. It's usually not worth it. Things are replaceable. Yeah. So, you ready for this bubble break? I'm always ready for the bubble break. All right. So for this bubble break, I want to keep on the theme for Act One, and I want to talk about a driving story that we have. Whether it was something good that happened, bad that happened. Just like a scary moment, not scary moment. Mine are always scary moments. I feel like they're the ones that are most memorable. But what do you got, Josh? I have a lot of like crazy stuff that's happened while driving. I don't know. Like I spent a lot of time driving just because like in Tucson, that's like what you do, especially mm-hmm. like late night with friends or whatever. Um, but in high school, I was like the friend who had a car. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of time that. Oh, that's a very were, dangerous place to it be. It was a dangerous place to be. And, like, you have those friends who would, like, literally stick their heads out the window and, like, yell random stuff at people. Mm-hmm. And these are the same friends who would, like, take... My parents had, like, a anti-burglary thing that you put, like, on the brake or whatever. It's, like, the giant metal bar. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. And they would take it out of the back seat and, like, throw the car and, and push this, like, uh, the shifter into neutral randomly while I'm driving all the time. Oh, like, my God. it was God. the worst. It was literally the worst. I'm sorry, but your friends sound horrifying. They were they were not the best. <laughs> the most things that I would do like as a passenger was like sometimes I'd yell at people that I know out the window. When I had a truck, a lot of people one time they were in the back of my truck and they all hopped in the back and they started like dancing while we were driving down the street and we were blasting music. And then immediately they jumped out of the car because uh because I was spe- I was speeding in a residential area and um they all jumped out of the car because of there's a police officer coming. Oh, good. And then Great. I had to pretend like nothing was happening, and I drove fast, <laughs> and the cop didn't do anything. Thank, thank the Lord. But uh, 
one time when I was barely learning how to drive stick. So when I used to go to my job, I used to have to take like a left on like a four lane. It wasn't like a true highway, but it was like definitely over 45 miles an hour on this road. So I would have to wait in the turning lane and then take a left. And I guess I put it in too high of a gear. So sometimes when you put a car for the people who don't drive manual transmission is if you put a car too high of a gear, sometimes it will shut off or other times you'll just rev and you won't go anywhere because your car isn't basically at the gear that it needs to be in. So you won't move very fast. So one time I was taking a left turn and I either put the guy, the car in too high of a gear or I put it in neutral or didn't actually put it in a gear. And like, as I was turning, like I'm seeing this car come towards me and I started like, pushing the car with my body and i'm like i don't think i can't do this i was like pushing like where you're not really doing anything you're just like headbanging in your car and i was like oh no i'm gonna die that's how <laughs> i die and then finally like i wiggled the the stick shift enough finally i hit something one gear and i like slammed the gas and like barely made it into the Jesus. turn <laughs> scared the, the crap out of me yeah yeah i don't know I did a lot of crazy stuff i don't know we used to like stand up um we had this i had the sunroof and i had this friend we would drive around like mount lemon and stuff with at like mm. midnight and stuff yeah so we'd like speed down mount lemon and stand up through the sunroof and stuff just like screaming and whatever that was crazy cool. someone from my high school i think was goofing off in front of a car and they actually got like i think they were paralyzed because they oh. like fell it's crazy it's crazy the stuff you do in a car that like just people don't realize that cars are just big old death machines you know yeah yeah like it's a big old, it might as well be a robot. You know, you're hitting people with that. A uh, irresponsible sixteen year old can drive around. Yeah, exactly. It's great. It's cool. Um, <laughs> one time my friends decided to race home. Wow. And we lived on a military base, so if you got pulled over, your not only did you get in trouble, but your parents got in trouble, and their commanding officers were told and stuff like that. But this guy had a pretty high ranked dad. He was actually his dad was actually a colonel, so. I don't know how much trouble he would have gotten in. A little bit of that military privilege. But there was a traffic circle. And so one friend went the correct way in the traffic circle, which is, you know, following the traffic. And then my other friend, to beat him, went the opposite direction in the traffic circle. Thankfully, it's like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. But... Yikes. <laughs> it was pretty nuts. Uh just drive safe, everybody. That's yeah. what we're trying to get at. Drive responsibly. <laughs> These are all, this could a lot been very, very bad, and Josh and I wouldn't be here. And it would be real sad. I'm crying right now thinking about it. He's not crying. He's a liar. But <laughs> it would be sad. Act two, I'm your biggest fanatic. So well, thank we, you. Wow. <laughs> get, out of, get, get out of here with that ego. <laughs> So we join SpongeBob and Patrick as they are heading to the biannual jellyfish convention. And here SpongeBob meets his um, biggest hero, Kevin. And so um, he wants to prove to Kevin he's good enough. So they go out jellyfishing together. Um, some shenanigans. We love using that word shenanigans. It's such a good word. Oh, yeah. Shenanigans is a wonderful word. It is. So some yeah, shenanigans happen. We find out that Kevin's just a big phony. And uh, SpongeBob comes back to the convention and realizes that he didn't need someone like Kevin. Yeah. So Kevin. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that nerdy pickle. I think. I think uh, Patrick says it the best because he's a sea cucumber. I don't know. Technically, oh no, 
Is it racist? Is that racist? Calling him a pickle? Because Kevin's a sea cucumber and he called him a nerdy pickle. I don't think that's racist. I don't know if we have something equivalent because if I sit inside some vinegar for a long time, I don't become a different thing. That's true. (laughs) He's still like, okay, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, Kevin, that nerdy pickle. That nerdy pickle. One of my favorite things. Patrick's very sensible in this episode, apart from him like literally kidnapping Jeffrey, the jellyfish. Yeah. But other than that, like him telling, (laughs) even telling SpongeBob at the end, like hero worship is unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very wise. I'm glad that you brought up that little small lesson that that hero worship is unhealthy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I think the big thing for this act is that it is unhealthy. If you like spend your entire life like trying to imitate heroes and stuff, it is kind of unhealthy. You lose sense of yourself. Where it's like it's okay to have role models, and I think there's a very fine line between the two of those things. Yeah, and I also think it's really interesting how the jelly swatters function, because you know, a lot of people think of clubs, at, they don't, they don't think of them as like celebrities. You know, like oh, I'm not in my anime club, and we're they're a bunch of like celebs, right? And I'm I'm sure there's people in like the voice acting community, or even in the film community, or the theater community that are kind of in their own little club if uh, like unofficial ones but the whole point of clubs and organizations like that is to be with other people who enjoy doing what you do and that's just what spongebob kind of like came out with it in this like act where he's just like no it's like in the end it's not about kevin it's about jellyfishing yeah and i like that they they incorporated that into the episode and i think that's kind of like something um that we lose sight of especially now mm-hmm. um with cons and stuff because cons are huge now people go to cons all the time but yeah. we lose people lose sight of like the thing behind the con right people go to go dressed up and dress up like a superhero or whatever but they lose sight it's like about the comic books it's about the movies it's about whatever you're going to see a con for mm-hmm. and to you, meet the people who create those things yeah yeah, no, it's not just about the celebrity or whatever, right? And that's mm-hmm. what I think a lot of people go to cons for. It's kind of kind of silly. Would you go to a con? I would really be con. on your list. I've actually never been to a con. I do want to go. I have a really good SpongeBob idea for a costume that I want to do, and that's the only reason I want to go to a con because I'm not like I'm not into certain things enough to like commit to knowing all of the creative team i feel mm-hmm. which i feel like a lot of the cons that's usually what it is and i'm not into like the whole celebrity worship thing like it would be cool to meet some celebrities who voice different things like i wouldn't mind meeting like tom kenny or something like that at a convention but i don't know i don't know if i would like to meet them that much that i wait in line for like four hours so would you do like comic con so you can dress up I would like it, but I again, I feel like you go to a condo like buy stuff and mingle, and yeah. I, I'm very like I don't really want to mingle, <laughs> and I don't have a lot of money, so I can't buy a lot of like cool nerdy memorabilia that I'll have, you know. Yeah, I always thought it would be like cool to visit one and see, and there's mm-hmm. like there's like packs like video game stuff and like South by Southwest I think is a con too. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. There's also VidCon, which is all Vid, YouTubers yeah, VidCon, and stuff. But VidCon. I think has become weird lately from what I understand. It's much more commercial than mm-hmm. it was before. Um, but that's, I don't think I, there's anything that I really care enough about, or I shouldn't say that, that I'm like going to fangirl over enough 
to yeah. like want to go for. Yeah, because like uh, for example, like I really love Avatar: The Last Airbender, but I don't know if I would go to a con for it. That's yeah, yeah. And then also, there's like that weird mix of like, I want to hang out with people who are also Avatar: The Last Airbender fans or like SpongeBob fans or like whatever. But then there's that weird middle group of them where it's just like you guys are too annoying too too much into it yeah it's kind of like how the harry potter fandom uh, what happened with them like the harry potter fandom used to be like cool like we all like harry potter we all love reading books like jk rowling is cool and now it's just like anyone who's like a super harry potter stand it's like it's weird it's really weird yeah yeah jk rowling's a turf so it's like things with adulthood is it gets sad But speaking of hero worship, I do like how SpongeBob's like, "Hi, Kevin." <laughs> he's just so into it, and um, when he's doing the whole like hit yourself, and he like hits himself, and he's like, "Uh, doesn't that hurt?" And he's like, "Do you want it to hurt?" And he pulls out like that Thanos glove. Yeah, it's like huge and metal. It, yeah. and, he, and I'm like, "Oh, is that the secret to killing SpongeBob? <laughs> is that what he does?" And then he straight up dies in that whole little sequence. He was dead for like a whole. 10 seconds yeah so oh. he can be killed well maybe thanos does kill spongebob when he when he clicks his fingers yeah i don't know man marvel Sp- let us know spongebob is still here <laughs> plus i have all my money on ant-man going up thanos's butt that was one of the him. universes that has to be one of the universes that yeah somewhere <laughs> somewhere <Strange> in, <laughs> some spin-off they have to write it write God. that in is there a celebrity that would make you act like that, though? If you met one celebrity who'd be like, yo, punch yourself, would you be like, absolutely, I would do that for you? I don't know. I think it would be more like the celebrities are like very attractive. Mm-hmm. And if they were like, I like you enough, but you got to prove yourself, then maybe. But I think in the moment, I probably wouldn't. Like, I could say that like as a joke now, but I don't think I would actually do it. I yeah. do get extremely shy around certain people in bands. So, like, I remember uh, there was a band that I was obsessed with called I Set to Kill. They're actually based out of Phoenix. The band's changed quite a lot, but I remember I got to go to a show with them, and uh, I saw them play, and it was at The Rock in Tucson, so it was, like, tiny. And they weren't super well-known, so they just kind of, like, were hanging out in the pool room after, and I got to take pictures of them, and I just remember the whole time being like, don't be weird. Don't be weird. Don't be weird. And I'm sure I was very like uncomfortably awkward, but yeah. not like in the like a word vomit way, and more of like a I want to say something clever, so I'm not going to say anything at all unless it's clever. But I also was in high school. But the thing is, they were also barely out of high school, so I don't know. I think people get in their head too much about that yeah. kind of stuff because I, I hear that all the time, like with stage managers or actors who meet like famous people or whatever. Yeah. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know what to say. I was like sweating. I didn't know. I was like, well, why don't you just dream like a normal person? Because that's what they are. And I think that when you hear celebrities talk about meeting fans, when they he- meet the fans that treat them like real people, that's yeah. the ones that they remember. And it's so like, honest, it's funny. Now that I am older, I think if I could get this mindset and put it in my body back then, I would have had a more enjoyable time. So if I had noticed that earlier, to not like fangirl over people, like, because I've met a couple celebrities now and like I talk to them regularly, not like as friends, but like at work. Yeah. And like they are just basically normal people. Like celebrities yeah. can still be annoying. They can still be like, you know, a 
just fun to be around or just they feel normal most of the time. It's just the fact that they make a lot more money than you. So. Yeah. And they're more people know who they are, like they're a personality. Yeah. 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 But then there's also what I think is really great about now is there's so many people who don't know who they are anymore. You know, like there's the the fandoms are so expand like expansive and everything that it's like, okay, you can run into someone that's famous in like the theater world and no one will ever know who they are. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I mean, I'm in theater and there's times people talk about actors and stuff and I have no idea who they're talking about. Exactly. Sometimes you guys, you sometimes like you and Timo will name drop people. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. And the thing is like, I only know those people because Timo will be like, oh, this person did this. And I'm like, who's that? And they're like, oh, I looked it up and this is what they do. You know? So it's like, there are literally people I'm like, oh, someone... I'm sure Tom Kenny could walk up to someone, slap him straight in the face, and no one would know until he's the SpongeBob voice who he was. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even if he came and like slapped like the one of the big like people who watched it and just yeah. have never seen him, they wouldn't yeah. know, right? Yeah. Maybe they'd be dude. like, that guy that guy kinda looked like Patchy the Pirate. Nah. Right. I don't know why he slapped me though. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about that. And that's why I think celebrity is kind of like overrated because no matter how big you are, there's going to be people who don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, I'm sure there's dum-dums out there who don't know who like the president is, you know? I, you know? Well, I don't think that's the case right now, but maybe no, but a I'm couple saying, years I, ago. <laughs> I guarantee you there's people out there, like, have you ever seen, you know, Jimmy Kimmel does like those man on the street interviews and they're like, mm-hmm. name one state in America. And then oh, they're like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And they're like, well, can you name the state you're in? And they're like, California. And they're like, can you point to it on the map? And then they like point at Texas. And you're like, how are you this dumb? How do you exist in this world being that dumb? But again, that's just yeah. like a rant. <laughs> <laughs> Back to SpongeBob. I had a question. Yes. Have you ever. <laughs> been hazed or have you ever participated in hazing i don't think i've ever been in an organization where like you gotta do this to be in this you know Mm, yeah like the only hazing i can think of are like when i was in football but it's like we didn't make people do anything to do stuff it was just like oh this happens while you're in football like it wasn't like you gotta do this to do that and when like the jelly spotters put like spongebob through all those tests i think it's like First of all, it just shows how much skill and prowess that our ye- little yellow sponge has with a net, a plain old net. It's like for me when I see a drummer, just a really good drummer, get behind like this this little drum kit, and they just like you know play away, and you're like, oh my god, how do I? How can I? I can't do this. I can't do this. They're so good, and I think that's what Kevin was feeling, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's why he hazed because he can't. He doesn't feel adequate, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can believe that. And he just wanted to, like, make Spongebob seem stupid, which he does, arguably, with the whole, like, jellyfish queen call and, like, tying mm-hmm. him up and everything. And then making him, like, get all scared and almost jump off a cliff. Like, but it just seems silly. And, like, hazing in general just seems like a silly concept in, like, overall. And that's, like, a lesson I got is, like, don't participate in hazing. If you see it, don't perpetuate it. Like, yeah. I think it's... really toxic and especially like in college it's like a definitely a toxic masculine thing people do for uh fraternities and stuff i'm sure it happens in sororities too but but i I feel like hazing if you do do it should be like a fun thing you know i guess like like not like not like a fun like 
I mean a fun thing, like a fun activity that the person being hazed, quote unquote, is actually enjoying it too. Okay, like, so then what's the like, difference between that and like okay, so team like, building exercises, right? Where you're just trying to get people to like break the ice and stuff. So there's like, that's a weird. I guess like hazing, like for me, like I think of like a perfect examples and you brought it up was, well, not, well, you brought up the movie was Finding Nemo, right? So like when they're like, oh, you have to go through the ring of fire, oh, yeah. right? Or like hazing, like even fraternity hazing where they're like, oh, you have to cross across this bridge and you're blindfolded, but you're really just walking on a plank. Like hazing like that is no one's really getting hurt. If you're not scaring the crap out of people, then they're probably fine. They're not having like a panic attack or anything. And you're being somewhat polite, but you're like, oh, you this is what you got to do. You got to pass this test. Then... I don't see a problem with it, but like weird stuff, like there's some real messed up stuff that for there's a fraternities lot of, yeah. do. There's and a lot I don't even want to go into that, but um, yeah, I'm glad you kind of brought up the hazings. Cause one thing that I, one small lesson that I had for this is just cause you're not cool and you're still popular in that cool group. Doesn't mean you still can't be like a jerk, like a jock would, you know, yeah. Yeah. like everybody in a classic movie is like, Oh, the jocks are the mean people, but you can be a nerd and still be mean. You know, just because you're a nerd and mainstream people don't like you doesn't mean that you're incapable of being an asshole. I do kind of enjoy more modern day movies that like do high school stereotypes and it shows because they show that they don't just show mm-hmm. that the jocks, the mean dude or the pretty girl. It's like everyone can be mean. I think it was like 21 Jump Street where mm-hmm. like it, they try to like one of the cops trying to be like a jock and the other one tries to be a nerd and they jump in and they realize like these stereotypes don't actually exist that much anymore and everyone's yeah. just mean whenever they want to be like yeah, the nerds are being mean are to the jocks yeah <laughs> yeah also another small lesson i got from spongebob was don't be so gullible like come on man you're you know you're you know that call says loser you don't even know yeah you don't even but know. he's just he was starstruck so also i was so surprised how spongebob got out of that situation like once again using his bubbles as like some God channeling totem to create pie to save himself. Save from that jellyfish king. Yeah. yeah. Was that, do you think that jellyfish queen was a robot or like a carcass that they had met? Like, nah, I but, definitely think robot. Cause if you look at the jellyfish king, he's like a little bit transparent. That's fair. Cause there was definitely jelly when that jellyfish queen was smashed. I was like, why was there even jelly in the jellyfish queen? Lubrication. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Is this Don't some you know robot basic- oil? Don't you know basic mechanics? <laughs> Jellyfish jelly is the best, <laughs> uh, best lubrication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mechanical and personal. Time for the big old lesson. Big lesson. All right. Do you wanna do you wanna introduce your big lesson this week, Omar? No, I want you to go first. All I right. Don't wanna, wh- I don't want to reveal my cards so Great. soon. I'll whip mine out first then. Um <laughs> so this week. Um, I always said, watch out for phonies in your life. That's a good one. Yeah. And I, act one, I think Mrs. Puff was a huge phony. She acts like she's this good teacher who cares about SpongeBob's education and success. And yes, she's fed up and whatever, but that's on her to get out of that situation. Yeah. Maybe transfer her, go to a different school, tell them to find a different teacher, whatever. And but that's what she did. She acted like this kind teacher who cared and gave him extra credit. And that's not great. That's not good for his 
his health as someone who's gonna be driving a car and obviously not good for the rest of Mabini Bonham and for her. So Yeah, it's also not good for his self esteem because Absolutely not. You don't like it's like when I see sometimes where where clients like are in front of a camera and they're like, Oh, you're doing so great, but then they're not doing great. It's like, yeah, I understand you gotta keep their confidence level up, but like some constructive criticism's good for them too. Yeah, exactly. Um and then in act two Kevin, like, is the biggest phony out of them all, right? He just acts like mm-hmm. he cares about jellyfishing so much when he was only in it for the fashion. I was like, all right, yeah. so he doesn't even care in the end. What a poser. A poser. Yeah, and, like, it's it's sometimes it's hard to see through the phonies in your life. And, like, it can't, it doesn't always just have to be a teacher or, like, a celebrity or, like, someone, a role model. It could mm-hmm. be, like, someone that you're close to or, like, it could be literally anyone. And that, that's what's hard. But I think if that you treat yourself to a level of like confidence and, and like trust and trust for yourself, then I think it's easier to weed out those kind of people and stuff, or at least buffer them out. So that was like solid little lesson for this. This I really I really liked your lesson. I kind of wish I had gone first because then we could build. All right. But now I gotta make my lesson sound just as good as yours. I'm ready. What right, is yours? Right. <laughs> Mine is don't be selfish. Ooh. Because the entire time. Mrs. Puff and Kevin serving themselves. Mrs. Puff, again, like you said, she was fed up. But she's like, how could I get out of this? She's trying to find the easy way out. When there are multiple avenues. Like, I don't know what Bikini Bottom's uh, driving education is. Maybe she has to teach SpongeBob, right? I mean, apparently there is a Mrs. Flounder. Flounder, yeah. Someone Someone else teaches something, so... Yeah, so maybe she can just be like, no, I don't want to teach you SpongeBob. I'm sorry. Mrs. Flounder will teach you. Yeah. Because maybe she's just not that good of a teacher. Or at least not for SpongeBob. Because mm-hmm. everyone lives differently, and maybe she's not the right teacher for SpongeBob. Yeah, different learning styles for everyone. And then yeah. same thing with Kevin. Again, he was just in it for himself. He's in it for, for the swag. Yeah. For the clout. And there's a lot of clout chasers out there, and you just don't want to be like them. Yeah. You don't want to be selfish that way. I think so. I think ours go hand in hand, but yeah. I like yours better because it is. I feel like yours is more practical in the sense that like you don't want. You're looking for those people in your life, right? But you also don't want to be one of those people. Well, I think you find out really quickly that those phonies are often rude or mean or phony like that towards you for selfish reasons. So it's. I think they go like you said. They go hand in hand. Like watching out for that selfishness is really is important to do, so you avoid people like that. Yeah, and that's a, a good way to spot a phony. Yeah. Ask, ask them to do something for you, and if they say, oh, no, thanks, and they do it regularly, it's a phony. one-sided relationship. Exactly. So, yeah, that's the end of the episode. If you want to send us any suggestions or comments, please reach out to us on ismanysapodcast.com, or you can just directly email us at ismanysapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Send us a DM. Some fun DMs, some loot Slide DMs. into our DMs. Yes, SpongeBob slide right into this DM. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we're hip and we're cool. And so we're so hip and cool that you should share us with your friends and your enemies and comment on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher where we can read it and hear all the good constructive feedback you guys have. Yeah. Remember yeah. to subscribe because that's really how we see results about how this is growing is actually through subscription numbers, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I so, haven't checked this in a while. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't kill you to subscribe. You can even turn off to the alerts. Just do <laughs> us a favor. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, again, for listening. But before we go, um, Omar wants to send us off with a little message. 
Who wants to lick my cheeks? 